They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. In Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. Welcome to Jones at the Movies After Dark. First time we're recording After Dark, where yep. the takes are more controversial, the recommendations are less relevant, and the banter is more uh, banter. We've heard that banter is everyone's favorite favorite part. Yep. So far, all of the feedback I've received is uh, we think Elliot sounds really smart and Nathan sounds really dumb in comparison. And the bantering, the 45 seconds of bantering at the beginning of the episode is the best part. So, yeah, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the feedback. We keep it coming. You know, we I actually really talked to somebody to. who I talked to some people who asked, like, how they could submit you know, requests. Is that oh. something that we're open to? Yeah. Any, anyone who has a request, you can either, I guess, if you're following Elliot on social media, then uh, submit a request through his Instagram, of course. It of doesn't, course. <laughs> yep. Uh, otherwise, literally just uh, tell it's at It's at the real Donald J. Trump. That's me. <laughs> but yeah, we take requests. Absolutely. We have no creativity. So crowdsourcing it is definitely something we want to try and do. Before we get started, we have to thank Jake for his lovely performance. I always like watching him play the drums with his feet and use his second set of arms and mouths to play the instruments and uh, do the, the speaking bits. Very impressive, Jake. You're an absolute miracle of modern science. No kidding. Very Cronenberg-esque feels like watching. i agree no, no wonder he liked crimes of the future so much yeah yeah that's All representation right. that's representation right there crimes of the future yeah for people like jake oh yeah for for freaks yeah yeah cool. exactly <laughs> all right well spe- speaking of freaks uh let's let's dive into this movie that we've got here yeah it's called eighth grade yep eighth grade so this is, uh, do you want to do the intro for it or I can do the intro for it? I can talk. Uh, if you've got it, you know, available to you right now, you can do it because I don't have anything up right now. Well, I've got it all up in my head. Uh, eighth grade, 20, oh shoot, 18. You said you had this all in your head. 2018 film directed by a very famous comedian, Bo Burnham, who does not appear in the film, but I think his influence and kind of his vibe is very much present in the picture, I would say. But it's pretty simple premise. It's a coming of age story that follows Kayla Fisher in her final week of the eighth grade as she's moving, getting ready to move from eighth grade to high school. And, you know, like the best coming of age stories, it follows her just through some mundane things and 
it's a really fantastic movie. It's a, I mean, I can start with my, a bit of my thoughts on it first. Actually, what we need to start with is the fact that the name that you gave was a mashup of the character's name oh, and shit. the actress's name. Yeah. The actress is Elsie Fisher. The character is Kayla Day. Okay, that's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah, so since you interrupted me, you can take it from here in terms of your initial thoughts. Oh, my initial thoughts are that uh, I like this movie a great deal. And I don't even care that they base the main character on me without my knowledge or consent. Reading reviews for this movie, a lot of the positivity comes from just how empathetic of a depiction it is of its central character. And it really is. I mean, you're (laughs) this poor girl. Your heart just goes out to her because she's trying so hard. (laughs) You know, she's she's clearly got some kind of social anxiety. She's not very comfortable in her own skin, but she's making these big, like big swings at trying to get out there and sort of adapt to what she thinks that she should be. That's what the ways ways that she thinks that she should act and the type of and be with the people that she thinks she should be with. And it's all very understandable, but it's just so hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. When we first this was one of those movies that you I don't want to say dragged me to, but it was not a movie that was on my radar. And you were very passionate about us going. So we went. And we saw it, and I remember you, like, right after we saw it, you said, you were like, wow, that was, that was me. Like, that was, that was really, that was really close to how I felt. Well, that's the thing. I think that movies like this, coming-of-age stories, or any movie sort of about phases in people's lives, or milestones in people's lives, will inevitably be when the audience will inevitably compare it to their own experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things that I think that this movie does so very well is that it definitely has that for people who (laughs) were not exactly social butterflies in middle school, but also it's themes about finding your place in a world that seems to have a lot of opinions about the way that you should act. They're all very universal and it's, it's, there's a universal, or at least I hope there's a universal appeal to empathy here. Mm. Just like with the movie being a very empathetic portrayal, there's a, an appeal to see this person and, you know, put yourself in her shoes and have this uh, kind of experience. Some of it joyful, some of it very, very tragic, almost traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely second a lot of the things that you said. I mean, I don't, I think I'm maybe more sociable than you, or I find it easier to be social than you, but I still, (laughs) this very, watching this very much was, there's so many moments where I'm like, wow, that was like, that was me like sitting outside of a group and just being like, I really wish someone would include me and I wouldn't have to like, put all of this effort into getting into this place. I think 
I agree. The strongest aspect of this movie is just how empathetic and how beautifully characterized Kayla is as a character. And I think it's a testament to how great a job Bo Burnham did writing the movie that so many people resonate with what she goes through in the movie. Even if they didn't go through every exact thing, they resonate with all of these ideas of, like you said, trying to find yourself, trying to be yourself in a world where people are telling you what it means to be yourself. And just finding that balance is extraordinarily hard, especially when it seems like this most recent time that I watched it for the podcast, it seems like everyone on earth is just a dirtbag. Like there's so many moments in the movie where I feel like she's just looking at all of these people and she's like, this is, you know, everyone in middle school is terrible. The guy she has a crush on is just the most (laughs) generic middle school dude, bro. The people she's trying to be friends with are just these popular chicks who are all snotty and stuff. And then even when she hangs out with the high schoolers and right, Olivia is so fantastic, but then Riley's a real piece of garbage. Riley. Oh my gosh. It it makes me so, I mean, it's a, it's hard to call that scene a good scene, but it is, it is very powerful. Yeah. I read it. It also makes me want to, send him a strongly worded letter i don't i don't think i'll be able to hit it yeah i've watched a lot of movies and i've seen a lot of really nasty stuff put to film but that the scene in the car is up there as one of the most uncomfortable scenes i've ever watched because it can go so much worse yeah well and i, I read a review that kind of said how if you just boil down to the scene to exactly what happens, it sounds like nothing. Or at least it sounds like you could write it off and be like, oh, well, that's whatever. Like he got in the back, he took off his shirt. She said, no, he got in the front. And you're like, well, nothing happened. But then when you see, when you watch the scene, it is, and this is, like you said, the beautiful thing about the movie, it puts you in Kayla's shoes. And so you have such a visceral reaction to the scene. Even though, right, in some sense, nothing happens, but you can empathize with her that she has obviously right afterwards when she gets home, a very visceral reaction to this happening. And I think the movie generates that same visceral reaction in the viewer. And that's something, right, I mean, the best movies do is putting you in the shoes and really making you feel what the character is feeling. Yeah, and that's why the movie's emotional beats hit so well, because it's hard to go into the mechanics of why this movie generates so much empathy. Part of it is good writing. Part of it is good cinematography. The framing of some of the shots, like when she sings karaoke and she gets done and it's just her framed by the, I don't know, the karaoke effects thing and she just turns around and she's got this little smile on her face and also a big part of it is Elsie Fisher her performance is something truly special I think yeah especially from an act she was actually an eighth grader 
Yeah, I mean, I mean she's she she was better. Uh, she was a better actor than I was at eighth grade. <laughs> I was I was in exactly zero feature films uh, when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, but you were you were pretty good in those plays I went to that I saw you in. I thought. Wow, thanks. That's great. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's the. I mean, if you like movies that can make you feel something, this is a movie that will absolutely do that. So there are those really hard moments like the scene in the car and the scenes afterwards when she's just sort of shutting down and she doesn't really understand why it's so hard for her. I mean, that's something that, good Lord, I I, I know, <laughs> I understand that and but anyone can feel that watching the movie that, I mean, we keep on saying that, but that's what's so special about this movie is that it does translate those feelings so well. And like yeah. when she gets the courage to call Olivia after their orientation day and it just cuts to her like pacing back and forth, talking to her. I mean, it just makes you want to stand up and cheer. Yeah, I don't think... I, re I vividly remember watching the movie in theaters and when she met Olivia and then that next scene where she was going to call her, I was literally sitting in the theater like praying. I was like, please let Olivia be a good human being. I need to see Kayla get a W <laughs> here. Otherwise, I'm really going to be wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> and Olivia is great. She's a great person. Oh, but you know who's an even better person? Gabe. Gabe, my <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other amazing thing is the positive people in the movie are just absolute joys to watch. Gabe, every time he's on screen, he's so charming in like a little kid sort of way. And her dad, I'm a huge fan of her dad. The Just the character, I think the actor does such a phenomenal job. I am a huge fan of the recent like emergence of the I'm trying too hard dad stereotype. I like it a lot more than the I'm fat and lazy dad stereotype, which I think is a little mean to men. <laughs> mean to fat and lazy men. <laughs> hey, don't don't you be insulting my people. <laughs> but I think his is one of the best versions of this that you can see he's trying so hard to connect to her and she so much doesn't want it. And I love, I love the scene at the campfire and how it's shot. So you get a real sense as he's saying all these things that sort of a parent is supposed to say, like, oh, no, you know, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good things that are, I think, are obviously true for him, but don't connect with her because she's expecting this. That's sort of what she thinks he's going to say. And then the switch when he set, starts sharing how, right, he was so scared when the mom left and just watching her grow up has been such an amazing experience that it's this beautiful moment of honesty where he is really able to connect to her and be like, Hey, I feel somewhat of what you felt. And here's how I sort of move past that using you that like you are making a positive effect and it's fantastic. And I love the shot then afterwards where she, he's just holding her and it's the, campfire it's a really it's a really beautiful shot it really gets me yeah and narratively it's such a perfect sort of not really bookend but 
it's a critical moment in her arc to, especially as it relates to her father, because he's a, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, but he's a, a major character in the proceedings. And for her to realize that essentially he's acting out of fear, you know, his problem is just that he's scared. And her problem is that she's scared. I mean, it's not groundbreaking to say that anxiety is just being scared a lot, but to have that connection with this other person, it clearly means so much to her that she didn't really get, even from her, the friends that she makes over the course of the movie. They're, Gabe and Olivia are both clearly much more sociable creatures than she is. But this, this connection that sort of bookends her arc is with her father and it's because she understands that he's doing the things that he does because he's scared. Yeah, I think I'd like to highlight, before we talk about kind of negative reviews or sort of where people might not connect with the movie, I just want to highlight one other element that makes this film very good, for me at least, is the music. I think the music is really phenomenal. Very in terms unique. Of what? Very unique. Yes, it sounds very unique, but I think it does such a great job of communicating the ideas of what Kayla is feeling in the moment, right? When she sees Aiden and it's this boppy, cool, funky thing that she's, you know, she has a crush. She likes this boy. And when she gets to the pool it's party. butterflies. Yeah, it's kind of like butterflies. And when she gets to the pool party, it's this bombastic, scary, you know, big brass, big drums. And it's communicating that like, this is terrifying for her, even though it's right. It's accompanied with shots of just kids being idiots, but it, it clearly communicates the feeling. And I think that's what right music and movies in a lot of ways is supposed to do. And it does it in, like you said, a very unique way. It sounds really cool and it does it so phenomenal. So I'm a big fan of the music. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, hiding in the bathroom at a party you don't want to go to. I got you, Kayla. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. But so now to, to talk about negatives, though, I watched, I took a film criticism class my junior year of college, and we watched this movie for the class. And this movie easily had the most divisive reaction in the class, where it was very much split between people who instantly empathized and like we've been kind of talking about saw themselves on the screen in Kayla and people who didn't and as a result they thought the movie was like a lot of people say about coming of age movies where they don't really connect with the main character that it was boring that it was kind of cliche that it was unrealistic that they were like there's no one like this there's no one like Olivia in the world I'm like maybe but I sure hope someone like Olivia's out in the world. But I think that is one of the issues with, not issues, but just one of the things that comes with the territory with coming of age movies is that since there's so much built into just these moments of a person's life that maybe don't have like a huge significance or you wouldn't say like, oh, that was life-changing. But in the moment it is. Like to a kid, graduating eighth grade is huge to an adult you're like I can barely remember that it's whatever but 
as you live the moment, you can't, you don't have that kind of perspective. So I don't know. I think it's one of the harder things to, to judge the movie, I guess, somewhat and try and be objective and not just go, well, I didn't connect with it at all. And that's the movie's fault when maybe it's, you know, your fault for not trying harder to put yourself in the character's shoes. Yeah. Uh, so reading through the negative reviews, it's hard. It's very hard to find uh, negative critic reviews for this movie. It's uh, easier to find negative reactions from audiences. So right now I've got uh, Metacritic up and uh, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. <clears throat> And in the audience sections, definitely the the trend is saying something along the lines of, unless this is you or this was you, then there's nothing here for you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with poor grammar, sometimes with misspelled words, sometimes couched in language that's a bit more antagonistic than that. <laughs> but that's the essential message. That's the yeah. essential message. And obviously I disagree but even more obviously, I'm biased because this was me and, you know, probably is me. Yeah, but I still think, I think, and it's evident by the fact that the critic reviews, I mean, we can write off critics as much as we want for being snooty or highbrow or just being out of touch. But I think in a lot of ways, they are able to see sort of what the movie is doing in like a technical sense or a formal sense and be able to see like, oh, even though I don't connect with this character this much, uh, like I can tell that the framing, like we kind of talked about the, like the cinematography is very good or the music is very good, even if I don't connect with it. And so their reviews skew more positive because they're able to see how well constructed the movie is, even if they're sort of in a place where they don't connect with it a ton. But I do think it's kind of a, I think some movies take effort to put yourself in the shoes. For me personally, the first time I watched Moonlight, I very much felt like this movie has nothing to say about me because I'm white and straight and the main character of Moonlight is not. And so I was like, I think it's too specific. I think if you're not like him, you don't connect with it as well. And then the second time I watched it, I had, I was older. I had watched a lot more movies. I had, grown as a human being and I watched it and I was like wow there's a lot here even for me that I'm like man he feels alone and kind of shut out from society because of the way he is oh I kind of like I felt like that I kind of feel like that that the second time I watched it I think I put more effort into really understanding what the movie was doing and where the main character was coming from and I came away with a much deeper appreciation for the film yeah, that's one interpretation. The other interpretation is that most film critics are just socially awkward losers. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I I just tend more to the positive side. You have taken the negative side. I'm not taking any side. I don't, as usual, I don't think that there's not a movie that I think anyone should or shouldn't like well, I'm sure that there are movies out there that people shouldn't like. Uh, but my opinion is that this is a good film, obviously, and that it is easy to empathize with Kayla, even if you don't 
sort of even if you're you weren't really in that space i mean our sister loves this movie and she's not at all like kayla i don't think Mm -hmm. no no i wouldn't say that she's very much like kayla yeah so i that's that's what one person that's that's just proof right there hard evidence yeah and i'm not saying this the point is that i i don't think that the critics are right and the audience is wrong it's not like this is a hated movie with audiences like it's got the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 82%. That's pretty good. And I've closed out of my other tab, so I don't know what it was for the other ones. But uh, they both had strong scores. It's just there is a a minority of people who don't don't see it. Well, and that's, that's going to happen with every movie. I mean, you can't. I don't think there's a movie that exists that's able to emotionally connect with everyone. And I think that's the thing that really jumps movies over a hump so to speak is the emotional connection that will forgive a lot of flaws in a film if we feel some or if the film makes us feel something or if we attach a feeling to the film um what else was i gonna say oh i guess i'd also like to say just how funny i find this movie that i I wouldn't say it's a straight-up comedy but there's certainly moments where you can tell that it's written by a comedian. And I love all of the, like, (laughs) all of the smash cuts from, like, Kayla's music and how she's feeling to just, like, the most mundane nothing. And how many times it does the poppy, I have, like, butterfly song and shows Aiden just, like, doing the grossest, weirdest thing. Oh, and this. I also really appreciate how cringy the movie makes not just everyone, but like Kayla, the Gucci thing is one of the cringiest (laughs) things of all time. But like the Um, the movie is not afraid to say, look, people in eighth grade were weirdos and were cringe. They did weird things and it made sense to them. But I, I don't think there's a movie that has a more authentic presentation of middle schoolers and just children than this movie. Well, it's a very endearing sort of cringe because it doesn't come from a place of, it's not like the office sort of cringe where it's completely unbelievable and it's intentionally trying to make you uncomfortable. It's more like it's so painfully obvious the steps that she's taken to get to this point of making videos and having this uh, (laughs) ridiculous capper to all of them that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense objectively or to the adult mind but it's perfectly calibrated to the middle schooler mind or at least to Kayla's middle schooler mind yeah the other thing I was going to say is that I do actually think that it this movie does do a good job of creating empathy in people with different experiences from this movie because I forgot to mention that I'm not actually a that I, I'm not a girl. So <laughs> there actually are quite a few experiences that she goes through that I didn't. And I've never stalked anyone on Instagram or anything. But it is a universal sort of 
the her experience of having this crush is, I think, a very universal thing. Yeah, I I also think the camera work does a really good job. It's not mind blowing, but I think this was one of the first movies where I really noticed stuff like they go to a handheld camera when she gets to the bathroom and starts having like a panic attack when she gets to the pool party. It makes it just a much more claustrophobic experience. It's very close to her. There's times where the focus doesn't catch her. And so she's out of focus. It very much makes you feel disoriented and panicky like she is experiencing in this moment. And I love the shot when the mom who's trying to get with her dad calls her over to the car and it's just Kennedy. And the mom is in the background, completely out of focus, even though the mom is the one who's talking and communicating something. The thing that Kayla cares more about, so the thing that camera cares more about, is Kennedy and Kennedy's complete apathy towards Kayla's existence. I think that's so Mm -hmm. clever. It's so simple, but it's so clever in how it tells, visually tells you exactly what Kayla's thinking and experiencing. Yeah, it's good visual storytelling. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, do you wanna do you wanna dive into rating then? Uh, sure. I'll go first. So I've said pretty much all there is to say about this movie. I I think it's great. I think it's worth the watch for all stripes of the eighth grade experience. Uh, whatever you've got, and yeah, I I I'll, I'm gonna give it an A. Mm. Do you have? Do you have an A plus or is an A the highest? Yeah, yeah, there's an A plus. Oh, okay, okay. There's not a lot of movies that, you know, has that rating for me, but it's it's there, it's attainable. Okay, well, I was just wondering. I guess I'll go. I mean, a lot of the same, I feel like we feel similarly about this. This is one of those movies that we watched and then the entire drive home from floor, we just talked about like, wow, that was really good. That was really fantastic and we just kept going over all these things that like we talked about today just how empathetic it was how perfectly structured it was to make to put us in Kayla's shoes and just how much it felt so good to see yourself in the screen and be like wow that was that felt how I feel and that feels very nice I think especially reading a lot of the positive reviews today preparation for this review there's a lot of people who just talk about how amazing it was to watch a film and be like wow i i'm not the only person like lots of people feel like this like famous people who are now making money and like that it's a very special experience to be able to see yourself on the screen and i think this movie does that in a really special way and so it's yeah it's like a 9.6 for me i'd say yeah, Stephen King, I read, a, I read an essay by Stephen King about writing and why people read or watch or play or what have you, why people experience stories. And he said that one of the most visceral pleasures that you can get from experiencing a story is for somebody to reach into your shared experience or even your shared like thought pattern and express it in a way that you've always privately felt but haven't ever really expressed yourself or have haven't really felt like you've been able to articulate fully Mm. 
And I, I think that's 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 very smart, Steve. I agree. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I think I remember talking to Lydia after she saw the movie and she said that that line that Kayla says where she's like, it feels like waiting to get on a roller coaster and I never get to get on. That she's like, I just constantly feel this anticipation of something, not even something bad, just something that is getting my adrenaline up is going to happen, but it never does. And I think that's exactly what Steve, Stevie boy was talking about this, that that's a feeling that she's had and maybe not been able to express in a way that it just makes sense. And I think you get real power over something when you're able to fully articulate it and speak to it and say like, yeah, this is how I feel. And this, you know, now I can kind of deal with this or now I can put it in a box that's understandable to me. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's go to uh, recommendations. We, one of us had a really tough time coming up with a recommendation. I don't know who it was, but I, me. <laughs> was Elliot? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, mine is a really similar one. It came out one year after this movie had significantly more success. This movie was not nominated for any eighth grade. That is was not nominated for any Oscars. Didn't have any award circuit wins. Although I think the writers guild, Bo Burnham won for best screenplay. This other movie had a lot more success, and that's Lady Bird, which is a very similar film. Follows a girl through her senior, her entire senior year of high school, but it's just very similar in terms. It's I'd say it's a bit darker, maybe than Eighth Grade, just in terms of more mature. Yeah, maybe not darker, but just yeah, more mature. Obviously, Eighth Grade instead or high school instead of Eighth Grade. But the parent is not quite as supportive. She has a very strained relationship with her mother and she goes through more adult sort of problems with guys that she's into and just general issues with going to college. But again, it's a phenomenal movie. It's phenomenally written. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is absolutely fantastic in it. I can't remember who plays the mother, but she is really good too. Not good enough for you to learn her name. I can't know everything, but it's another fantastic movie just in terms of putting you in the shoes of a human experience that's maybe different from your own, but also similar to your own. And Greta Gerwig is the director and she's gone on to, she's a big name now. And I'm a big fan of Lady Bird. I think it's worth a watch, especially if you liked this movie and connected with some of these emotions that we've talked about. Yeah, both movies are definitely about longing for some sort of personal fulfillment or feeling like you're missing something that you should have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. It's probably better than my pick, which is <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, uh, which is, uh, it was an indie, indie film that absolutely blew up uh, and got picked up by, what was it, Fox or something? uh 21st century wasn't it yeah so that's fox, fox yeah fox yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah uh no similar themes really uh it's set in a school it's about uh an awkward sort of misfit making new friends that's uh that's about it 
But this was a very hard movie to find a, a similar recommendation. But Napoleon Dynamite is a great, the way I've always described it is it's just good, clean fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really funny. Uh, the characters are just the right amount of quirky without being ridiculous. Uh, there's a lot of great lines. Napoleon, make yourself a dang quesadilla. <laughs> I say that quite a bit. Uh, you yeah. do say that a lot. Well, that's because it is a great line. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's just a great, it's just good, clean fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think in terms of pure euphoric, like I'm so happy for this character, I do get a similar feeling watching the final date scene in eighth grade as I do watching the dance scene in Napoleon Dynamite. That I'm just like, this is just happiness captured on film. And it's really bringing a smile to my lips and makes me very happy to watch it. It's warming my cold, dead heart. Yeah. These are two movies that warm Elliot's cold, dead heart. That's that's, that's true. Case. Yep. So, yeah. That's that's about it. I do think be, eventually... Be, 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 that's all, folks. I do think eventually we might actually review and do an episode on napoleon dynamite because i do want to talk about that movie because it's very good but that's well, in that case forget everything that i just said treat it as a spoiler and uh, we'll get back to it later yeah uh so otherwise that's pretty much all for us um yeah if you have any requests you can send them to my instagram which is in the description for our podcast or you can just text Elliot. I'll be sure to put his phone number into the, the, the description of the podcast promptly so that you can do yeah. that. Yeah, don't do that. If you do that, I will go full Kayla on you and just uh, send you back a bunch of fragmented stuttering. And you will, Both of us will get nowhere and you'll just get confused and I'll get really uncomfortable and that'll be that. Okay, perfect. All right, so that's all for us at... Magellan's at the movies will um... wait. I need to say my uh, I need to say my my catchphrase. Life is hard. Life is hard. Ladies and gentlemen, life is hard and it is so full of disappointments. It really is irritating, isn't it? Alexander DeCrew is a great prime minister. Is he, uh, do I'm we assuming, know that? I'm assuming. I mean, how could he not be? Honestly, with what we know about him, which is nothing. I feel like yeah. he's he's got to be good. And um yeah, one listen of this podcast equals one uh, spaghetti noodle for Jake to eat while he waits in the closet for next time. Great. All right. We'll we'll see you next time at the movies on that. <laughs>